Welcome to Shanghai Zhan, a raw and lively regular debate about China tech, advertising, creativity, platforms, and the intersection of it all. Join us each session for timely and relevant discussions on all things China marketing. We will also be joined by an entire spectrum of China experts. You can learn more about Shanghai John at our website, johnstation.com. That's z h a n station.com. Coming to you directly from the city of Shanghai, I'm Bryce Whitwong, and I'm Ali Kazmi. And in today's episode, Ali, we have Marcus Henna, CEO of Genesis Motor China, based here in Shanghai. Marcus has over 15 years of experience in marketing, sales, and business strategy in the global luxury automobile industry, particularly within the Chinese market. Marcus previously worked at German auto company Mercedes-Benz for most of his career before coming out to China in 2012, doing both senior marketing and sales positions in Taiwan and China until he joined Genesis in 2019. And Ali, I'd also like to point out that today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Campaign Asia. And we'd like to remind everyone: if you like the show, please give us a five-star review on your favorite platform—Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Both have places to leave reviews. Gay woman, ping fun. And starting this week, Ali, if you donate a measly five dollars a month to support our show on Patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-O-E-N.com/slash/ShanghaiJohn, you can receive a cool ShanghaiJohn branded sticker. And for ten dollars a month, well, you can get a branded coffee mug. That's cool gear, and more importantly, you are supporting the show. Marcus, welcome to ShanghaiJohn. Give us a quick introduction of yourself and let us know how you ended up in China. Thank you very much,、uh, Bryce and Ali. It's my pleasure to be here, or actually to to welcome you at at our offices here at、uh, Genesis Motor China. My name is Marcus Henne. I've been in、uh, China or Greater China for ten years now.、Um, I'm German, born and raised, but probably、uh, one of the least German Germans you'll you'll ever meet.、Um, had a pretty international upbringing. And、um, have by now been in the auto industry for almost 20 years. I started out with that brand that you mentioned, with that three-pointed star logo. But、uh, on this latest、uh, trip to to China to Shanghai, I'm here with、uh, Genesis. So it's been、uh, two years, a very wild ride of、um, establishing a, a new automotive brand, actually a new kind of luxury brand,、uh, Korean. International brand that really focuses on on design and customer experience. So we're trying to do things differently, be a bit disruptive, and、um, so far so good. So、uh, happy to be here on the podcast. Talk a bit about what we've done so far,、um, especially I guess marketing. We have turned some heads in the last twelve months. Given that we're going to talk about cars, I guess I have to ask the question: What car are you driving now, Marcus? So I myself drive a Genesis G80. Of course, I should drive、uh, a Genesis, and I'm actually、uh, loving it because we were launching the brand、uh, last April, 
And that was the first time we could bring cars into the country. But we've been working with, with most of our team for more than 12 months before that. But it was COVID period, so we couldn't really travel and the cars were in here. So we had a lot of excited people trying to launch a brand that they've never set in the product. We're very proud. We're very happy that now we can drive the cars. Um, it's amazing. I have a driver. It's a midsize uh, luxury sedan, but it's still fun driving. That, that's my ride right now. So we know you grew up as a Mercedes kid. What's it like being in a Genesis car? How, how would you describe the experience? What's different about it? Genesis, if, if I describe it to my friends that are not in the automotive industry, is, is actually very close to the three German brands. So the, the quality and craftsmanship level in the inside is amazing. It's very surprising for people that don't know the brand that this actually um, exists. And then in, in China, everything is a little bit different. But for those who've experienced Genesis in the US for a couple of years already, they're also surprised at what price point. But it does uh, really compete with a Mercedes quality and craftsmanship level higher and above that I would even say so um, it's great the G80 itself is is luxury sedan so it's not a race car not a super sporty car there's like with other brands there's different cars in different segments it's it's a new kind of luxury so being in the car industry these days what do you think is the most interesting part of the job what's a day in the life of your life like well, my life is very uh, different from the overall industry's life, I would guess. I think what's really exciting about the car industry the last couple of years is that nobody knows what it's like. For every brand, it's a little bit different. They're at a little bit different stages and everybody wants to know where, where it's headed and and what's uh, the golden bullet. But that is not very clear, which, which leads to a lot of... Um, a lot of thinking, a lot of strategizing, a lot of uh, new opportunities for new players, more established brands to really need to look over their shoulder and, and reconsider their uh, state of affairs. I would guess that during the 70s to late 90s, the car industry has been fairly settled and fairly boring with very high entry barriers and, and that has definitely changed and, and even for the big players it's tough to know where to put the resources and, and where, where the future exactly is going to go. For Genesis what, what excites me a lot about Genesis and what was also the reason for, for me to, to eventually join it's a white sheet of paper. It's really a canvas that uh, the Hyundai Motor Group, which this is the luxury brand of, really wants to have new paintings on and to try new ways in terms of distribution models and business setups and marketing to really be more innovative and disruptive because nobody really needs another new car brand, especially not in China, unless you can really uh, deliver something different and uh, have a certain value preposition. So that was really for me the the most exciting thing. So for, for the longest time, we've come to work every morning most of our teams have worked in the auto industry before, so that was with, with more whatever we want to call them, settled or traditional brands. And we said, look, just imagine your work days a couple of years before and what were really the pain points in the traditional model? What was the things where you were like, oh man, this really, if, if I could change this, but I can't because there's too many legacy or history or constraints or whatever kind of politics. Just remember that and then let's go and try and change it. Um, that has really been the beauty and the very, I'd say, motivating part. We are a startup here, so people have been working 24-7 uh, for, for the most of last year. 
it's been really um, all over the place. But at the same time, we do have the security of a big auto group, one of the top five globally who really want to put resources behind that and want to make it in China and, and believe that whatever um, the team uh, came up and I came up with a team together uh, kind of strategy, they support it and, and they back it and, and we try it out and we learn and, and we iterate and reiterate and evolve. So it's been extremely rewarding and, and exciting and also exhausting. Have you also hired people outside of the industry and what sort of an impact do they have on on you know this new experience that you're trying to introduce to this market we have so so thank you for that one experience is a key word i think so we coined this term genesis experience so genesis um we we say we are a design brand but uh, design much more beyond the design of of the vehicles and the product itself but more about designing experiences and uh, the vehicle experience itself is is one of them but the customer experiences overall and lifestyle experiences are are the fields that we can influence most here because after all for now genesis is still an import brand so we do configure the cars for chinese consumers but um, in the end, it's still the car that's uh, being produced uh, in Korea and imported. So what really makes us different is how we approach Chinese consumers, how we find them, how we set up our business model. And we decided to go with a direct-to-consumer business model, which is very, very different from, from what Mercedes and BMW and Audi have been doing. And it gives us a chance to, to like a digital uh, data-driven marketing and to, to control the prices in the sense that we have one price across the nation for the same spec. So those are rather technical uh, impacts, but what we can also control by ourselves is the customer experience. And for that matter, back to your question, we have hired a lot of people from outside the automotive industry because we feel it's just better done outside the automotive industry. So we've, uh, we've gone with a good mix for our studio here in, in Shanghai, in Xintiandi, which also has a restaurant. It's a very lifestyle-driven place. We've gone with a certain mix where we say 25% of the people are still from, from an automotive industry, traditional automotive industry background. Another 25% have rather a, a tech background guys from apple and how apple treats their customers a genius uh, bar and and really being more not really trying to sell but trying to advise and then you make your own own decision and a very large uh, background from uh, five-star hospitality top airlines who really live and breathe a different kind of a more advanced kind of customer experience hospitality thoughts which is in our dna being distinctly korean to really go different ways there and also enjoy the beauty of of being small in the beginning and having these direct to consumer stores which other brands would see it as pure marketing but we actually do sell there and then another another piece of the pie comes from other luxury retail like jewelry or or fashion so yeah only only 20 only one quarter from uh, the old guys uh, that we grew up with we most of us have been working with in, in our career and it's been very rewarding it's a task of course to bring everybody kind of not really on the absolute same level some bring uh, the experience that that's the whole point to to have to use that diversity to make one team out of it and not have different uh, groups and and it's really been nice to see how fruitatious this has been and how people are learning from each other and, and they're forming a community. And yeah, we looked at Shanghai, then we did Chengdu. We opened a direct store there and we already use our learnings. 
and definitely there is big big value in hiring from outside uh, of of the same pond and do you think that having a diverse team differentiates your brand and business from the bba the benz bmw and audi um, partially so uh, it, people is definitely the key they they make and break the business so uh, already the people in in our office to come up with this strategy uh, make and break this whole system so um, in the more traditional wholesale retail model the the key dif difference is that the cars are being sold to a third party which is the auto dealer once the car is sold all not all but most of the control of the brand is is lost so you cannot influence the price that that dealer wants to sell it you cannot really influence what he's saying and how he's selling the car and also not where he finds uh, the customers so essentially for us this is our own people so does it make it easier um, to to have customer experience as a differentiator to then hire people with a customer experience focused background? Yeah, it makes it easier. That's not the key. The key is to really focus on customer experience as a differentiator to begin with for our entire business setup. Hiring people from diverse backgrounds helps. One of the one of the things that I did uh, last year was work on BMW, um, and and when they were launching their flagship. Um, BEV SUV, um, they were still selling it through that old model, and I just it just didn't make sense for me to travel outside of Beijing, uh, 30 kilometers before I got to a retail store, only to be told that I would have to wait a year to get the car. And the whole D2C experience, I think that you know, what, I think what you're doing is definitely something that 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 at least echoes with young consumers today absolutely and it just i mean we're what are our values or why are we doing it is to really save time make it more convenient for the customers more stress-free they don't need to i mean if you have a one price strategy of course the price has to be right that's that's kind of the beginning uh if you're overpriced then people would say yeah it would be nice to get 20 percent discount but it's not for the discount's sake it's really they have the hassle of going to five different dealers and negotiating and they don't know are they getting the best deal or is their neighbor going to get a better deal two weeks later and this is really what what we do like after we feel the the product and price strategy is right we're saving them time we're building trust we have one guy that accompanies them along the journey but if they want to order from home or they get the car delivered to home um, if they want to do an online buy and pick up the car we're very flexible in this model and we're we're also going to scale with uh, with agents as we call it but they're operating under our under our flag so they're still they're not buying the car from us they're just helping us sell and deliver the car on our own bill on our own fapiao this is how we can china wide scale and and live up to this promise in the system do you think it will be easier to implement this system in other markets or maybe I ask another question. We know that Genesis globally just hit the 500,000 unit sales mark last year. You're a startup brand here and while other markets are more established, do you think some of the things you're doing in China will impact both the other startup as well as the developed markets? Or is it just all the same? Now it's very different. So that's what I meant when I earlier said that, that the Hyundai Motor Group, the chairman, it's a family. Um, own business after all really wants to create this canvas that different even different regions people with different backgrounds can pay, paint a different picture on in some region definitely the the legislative uh, constraints are, are different um, you can not sell directly or you're not allowed to use agent or whatever the constraint might be 
Um, but yeah, we're trying different business models in different regions and definitely whatever is working very well um, is, is going to succeed. So we started very early to set up the digital um, ecosystem for our business here, which is kind of the backbone and the beauty that we can digitize our business processes the way we need without any kind of legacy or anything that's already there in inhibiting us. Because this worked very well, we, we worked together with Europe and helped them to also set it up for their direct stores. Now here, the data-driven marketing and how we use WeChat and other social media channels is, is very different. But the essential thought of how we set up a, an, a digital ecosystem to really benefit the convenience and the stress-free life of the consumers is, is essentially the same. So uh, we do a lot of best practice and it's a young brand. So everybody's very eager to learn from the experiences across Europe, the US and China. And especially being such a mobile-driven, uh, tech-savvy market, it, it really helps to convince other regions that we know what's going on and, and this is probably the best approach. Is there a brand or a, or a car company that, that is doing it right for this market or that you look up to and you say, actually, these guys are doing a pretty good job. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a lot of um, players that are doing a good job and, and the big the big picture question or, or the answer to the big picture question is that it's not the traditional or more established or bigger brands don't want to also go into direct to consumer, but they are very caught in, in their original business setup because they cannot just fire or delete or terminate all of their dealers without uh, putting the whole business to a standstill. So if you just look at the newcomer brands, almost all of them went to a direct-to-consumer model. Tesla did, NIO did as, as a local uh, player. They have different kind of um, focuses. NIO is definitely doing extremely well in, in community building and also having a, a customer experience approach. Tesla is more focused around their product and, and their tech and being a tech company. So um, there's brands who are doing um, very well. There's also brands that we're looking up to in different categories and different industries. So we feel Apple is doing very well in, in soft selling and really advising um, what, what kind of products might fit to you and working a lot with questions and understanding and building a certain relationship with their customers. Um, other uh, fields with, with loyalty programs or concierges in, in the airline and, and hospitality um, area build a trust-based relationship where you always want to go back to your guy. That's why we set up what we call the, the Genesis Partner. It's a one-on-one -on -one companion. So once you enter our ecosystem, we, we assign you one guy and or girl and this uh, girl or guy will stay with you along the entire uh, ownership journey and and be your your problem solver and and your buddy to go to at any time um, we connect on on wechat with an after sales guy so all along the the pre-ownership and ownership journey you you'll have one person that you can always go to that's very different for for other brands so we basically learned this from rather from the concierge and hospitality area. And as a new brand, we feel it's very important to build that trust. We don't want to we don't want to want to do the most efficient um, customer sales process. Like some brands, they'll have a guy who's only good at product explanation and then they have a test drive guy and then they have a sales guy to close the deal. But you're being handed over from one guy to the other thinking like, what is this brand? Is Who's this actually about? This should be, you know, this should be about me and I want to understand you better. So we're putting a lot of resources in there being very inefficient. 
um, in order to be very, very close to you, to really build, yeah, to be authentic, to have meaningful relations with the consumers because nobody's waiting for us here. Uh, nobody needs us, so we need to let them know what what are we doing better, and and you know we at some point we need to make some compromises and not being super uh, cost effective and super time effective as a business in our um, in our point of sales has been our commitment. We want to be ineffective. We want to take time for everybody to have this kind of experience. And obviously, if we want to have one person who can do five jobs at the same time, we need to invest in them more. They're going to take a higher salary. They need better training, longer training, and, and we need to retain them. So um, that's that's part of the business where, you know, we made a big promise we need to live up to it. One of the things that excites me a lot about Tesla and about this whole D2C model is that I don't need to wait for the car before I decide to buy it, right? Like, I, 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 don't, I can buy it now if I want to. I just go online, make a deposit, and that's it, done. And, 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 and then the whole experience thing kicks in where you're just being told where your car is, when it's going to get there. In the meantime, you're just really, you know, there's some interaction that happens. Yeah, that brings up a good question, Ali. Marcus, how do you keep momentum going? I know you just mentioned that your cars were recently launched. That makes it over a year that some customers had to wait to get their cars, especially now in a market where you can, as Ali said, get the cars right away. How do you keep them interested? How do you keep the momentum going? Absolutely. So it wasn't actually about sales. So we, we, we clearly couldn't keep everybody waiting for that long. We just needed to pick a time when we wanted to talk first to them. And then we wanted to make a, a big splash. So we did that. Um, Hello China drone show um, over over the river at the Bund and, and kind of saying here we are and, and now over time we're going to let you know what, what we're all about. So at that time we, we really didn't have cars. It was really not about explaining the car. We didn't have a price. We didn't have specs. So it was really about saying hello first. And, and we're going to be a new kind of breed, a new kind of luxury and, and we're coming. Uh, keep your eyes and, and ears open and then later along the way we started showing the the first two products um, the the sedan and the SUV the G80 and GV80 which are pretty much at the center of the brand they're comparable to the E-Class and 5 Series that kind of segment GLE and X5 and and then started releasing a first pre-sales price to kind of Get, get traction and buzz, but that was more for marketing purpose than, than for sales because we, we were pretty transparent that cars were not going to get there um, until the end of the year, we said. In the end, we did deliver the first cars in October, so we were also made the plan, the kind of the PR and, and marketing plan to positively start positively surprising people and not only keeping our promises that we initially make, but over-fulfilling them. So uh, since October, we've been delivering cars only in Shanghai and Chengdu. So this is also a bit special that we don't try to to uh, conquer the entire mainland in, in one day. We, we just go city by city with, with direct to consumer and online approach, making sure we got the service network up and running where, where, we, where we are and where we promise to be. And, and do it right where, where we do it and, and focus on, on excellence in the operation and make sure, you know, all the processes are working. So right now we're very confident. So this, this year we're going to open more than 10 stores and, and take, it, take it one step at a time. But um, that's basically what we did. So we didn't really try to, 
to to sign a sales deal in in april and then consider how we can keep these people happy for eight months that that's not really what happened um we started uh, in july with with uh, sales and and these guys first guys that that ordered their car they got it in a reasonable amount of time so so for the time being going from now as ali's been saying for that part we're pretty close to tesla to be transparent in in the process um, in our shipments, we, we don't have the cars in China, they're being produced. So some people see that as an advantage that it's really built to order to their order. We take six weeks, six to eight weeks from, from Korea. It's not that far. It's not like the German brands that need to go halfway around the world if, if they still produce in Germany. Um, so it's not that long, but we also do have cars um, in China. We have a certain stock search function that you can see uh, online and where you can search before you do a deal, before you buy the car. So it's really basically everything we do be before we do it and while we do it and when we decide we're done doing it and then we implement it, we always ask ourselves, how does that make a positive impact to, to customer lives and how does it solve pain points that, that customers might have with, with other brands? So we talk quite a lot about customer experience, so it's a good time to turn to the big topic in the auto industry these days, and that's EV cars, or as in China we call them NEVs. Now we know that Genesis has EV cars in the pipeline. How do you think this will change the customer experience, owning an EV car, especially how consumers nowadays interact with their vehicle? That is, of course, a question that we get asked every day, uh, multiple times. And um, I think the, 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 there are so many layers on that that need to be detached, kind of. You know? Just because uh, it's an electric vehicle, that doesn't mean that these brands that are coming in new are doing the direct-to-consumer model that we've been talking about earlier. You can sell a motorcycle like that or a washing machine or a normal ICE car or an electric vehicle. It's just it happens that most of the players that come now into the market um, as a newcomer, they're doing um, battery electric vehicles. And then now they're also choosing this business and distribution model. But, you know, if it's quote unquote just a propulsion, um, but it is the future to be electric. So for Genesis, we're five, six years old. So at that time, um, to, to really utilize the full lineup of portfolio, the ICE cars were, were there first. And we feel it's, it's good to have two legs to stand on for the time being, while definitely the appetite for, for EV cars in China is, is huge and it's an, an accelerated growth. Um, we feel it's also good to, uh, as, as a, a luxury brand to show a certain confidence. So right now we already have three cars on sale. We had the world premiere of two EV vehicles here in China. So that's a big commitment by the global brand, by our, our headquarter, our chairman to say, you know, China is such an important EV market. We should put the world premiere of our first EV car to China. It was actually the first world premiere ever outside of Korea for any uh, of the Genesis vehicles. So it made us very proud to put that to the Shanghai Auto Show. And uh, that was the electrified G80. Then in uh, Guangzhou last November, just three months ago, we showed the electrified GV70, which also should be a very attractive product for, for the Chinese consumers. So as, as you can imagine how it goes with world premieres and sales, it's not going to be long until we do sell the first cars here in China. So recently I was, well, actually six months ago, I participated in a focus group 
of NEO owners, NEO electric car owners. And one of the owners stood up 30 minutes before the end of the focus group and said, are we finished now? Can I go home and get my upgrade? And we looked at him, we said, what? What do you mean upgrade? Upgrade for what? And he said, upgrade of my NEO car. So he had to go home and download the software to upgrade to his car. And immediately I realized that there was a huge opportunity to electric cars because it creates an amazing relationship similar to people have with their iPhone. So do you think that this will ultimately create a unique differentiation for electric cars in the future? And I think there's also a different kind of consumer that is attracted to that. So this is much more appealing to younger buyer groups or maybe buyer groups that have always been a bit of trendsetters and trying out new things until the iPhone kind of becomes the norm. So we're still in the I would say we're still in the early adopters um, phase and and it's really a different, uh, as Ali is saying, a different relationship with, with the product, like with our iPhone, right? For, for the first updates, you also go like it's exciting and then all of a sudden it does feel like, wow, this is almost like a whole new, new product. Everything inside or a lot of it inside um, has changed and is different now, right? So um, I think what it shows couple of different angles for that you can also do over the air you can also do OTA updates for ICE cars but nobody does it and then nobody feels it's kind of like why would we still do this uh, you know why because the new brand NEV companies they're actually more tech companies so for them it's natural to do it but it could have always been done it could have also been done by other companies for ICE cars electrification and having uh, that kind of technology in the car helps with some of the IOT things, but a lot of them would also be enabled in a normal quote unquote ICE car. But it's just a different approach to, to product. And what it really shows me is how far behind um, the auto industry has been and how com kind of can say complacent and how kind of uh, comfortable they have been because there is no reason for this to be 10 years or 15 years behind the iPhone. Um, it just shows that in other categories um, and in other industries, um, people are used to a much more convenient lifestyle. Again, coming back to where we hired those people, those are categories and industries where this is already the norm for many, many years. And now uh, there is new brands and new companies in the auto industry who have to show kind of the old guys what's, what's going on and what's actually needed and what's also possible, which is exciting to be in. It's changing every day. What's the average age of the people in your company? It's, it's right around 30. I think it's 31. It's very young. It's fairly young. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm old. Well, that's a good reflection. <laughs> that's a reflection. With all these new NEV brands coming into the market these days, do you think there's a role for the traditional auto brands? I mean, people are calling cars now tech platforms. Are we going to see a resurgence from the traditional brands? Or is it a whole new world? Just because they kind of missed the boat for a couple of years doesn't mean they're gonna they're gonna die. I don't think we're really seeing a, a kind of Kodak um, or a Nokia moment in in the auto industry. Other experts definitely have other ideas about that, but you know it's, it's still such a resource driven industry, and some of these 
top players in the auto industry they have so much development power and so many resources to to change direction maybe they're an elephant maybe it'll change it'll take time for them to change direction but they do how, know how to build cars and and they also know how to build battery electric vehicles and and they will have the same kind of resources to access in the future so the question is can they can they be credible in this new world and and not can they i think they can and will but to what extent and how do they get there and how fast can they get there that people don't say like okay you're a tesla you're now the leader in in electrification and you are audi you're the leader in this and you're mercedes you're the leader in that and that can never overlap or never mix over the question is is really how do they get there and i think what what is really a bit mind uh, boggling is that the cars have been around for so long that we know what uh, bmw looks like and then how do we make it electric can it be like totally different or a little different or not different at all? So that is really the, the big question because everybody has learned that Tesla is electric. And then how, what does an electric established brand look like? So at, at Genesis, we have the beauty that we're not an established brand. So for us to have ICE vehicles and EV vehicles doesn't really have a label on it or a hat that everybody expects or doesn't expect. So it was really um, beautiful to see how, how the designers kind of interpret the language of what we've done the last five years and how they make that an evolution instead of a revolution. We're too young to just say, you know, we've been ICE and now from this year we EV and we're going to be something completely different. No, not at all. Our brand is like a small little plant or in some regions a seed still. So we, we can't just say like what we did until yesterday has to be different. And, and it's, it's also a fact that if we focus on design and, and experience, the Genesis experience, battery electric or petrol driven is really a propulsion that doesn't change that much. If we want to give back and, and make a positive impact on, on customers' lives, yeah, EV cars can be more convenient in the future and they have a sustainability aspect to it and our business model works with or without, you know, with any kind of propulsion. So for, for us, that means that we don't need to throw anything overboard. So. You know, we've, you know it, it, when you look at a lot of the cars that are going to market today, um, especially within the NEV category, they're, they're taking a, uh, you know, predominantly it's dominated by luxury vehicles. Um, so when you look at luxury from, um, uh, from the Genesis lens, what's the interpretation of luxury from your, uh, from your lens? Obviously, you talked about athletic elegance. Um, certainly, there's a lot more to that as well. That's one of the key questions that we wanted to answer before we launch in the market. So we did a lot of um, research and focus groups trying to understand like what is actually not really only in automotive, but more in the everyday life of, of Chinese consumers, what is l perceived as luxurious and how is that changing over time? So um, definitely as a new brand and when we kind of look at territories for ourselves like design, art fashion so it's a little bit sharper it's a little bit more individual and we're looking for people who don't need the no-brain luxury solution they don't need a big fat logo to say i own this handbag or or this uh jewelry and and they're kind of um more they have an inner like but it's about the material certainly as well right the, so there's a that lot is. The, the, the the luxury language is obviously different so it's materials 
the the experience component as well. Yeah, haptics what, definitely the is haptics, like the yeah. the car in the inside that doesn't change much over time. But I think new kind of luxury is is not the label, but more like what do I get? And a lot of that what do I get is in the experience, is experiential. That's why we go for such a strong positioning on on uh, customer experience because the design is very obvious people can look at the the car design interior and exterior but what else do you get um, from this new brand so we really said that that we need to be clear on what brings value so we said time is is a big luxury nowadays so we save you time we give you convenience we we make your stress go away uh, we make your life easier so that is a, a big factor and still in in you know high value products and and um, luxury five-star hotel what it, it's a human touch you don't want to be talking to machines you don't want to be a number in the system so we want to have that human touch so we really defined those layers how we see luxury and which trend luxury is going towards in china and then how can we cater to it so all of these things they have something all of these attributes have something behind it the convenience has the one price strategy the stress-free life we do the valet so we do a valet i think in in its in its uh, entirety nobody can really match that we do the valet service for all of our after sales um, in the city, we pick up the car at, at your designated place, at the kindergarten, at your home, at your workplace. But we also do the valet already in the test drive, that if you want to try a car, we can bring it to your office. And we do the valet in the sense of home delivery. So all along the, the uh, customer journey, we do different kinds of valets to save time. You don't need to be in traffic. You don't need to be without your car. We give you replacement cars. And um, for the human touch point that I was making, that was a real reason why we said we want to have this Genesis One partner, that you have your buddy assigned to you all along the journey. This human touch to know, he knows what you like and, and knows your family and your background or whatever the sports you like. And he's your guy. He's going to be there kind of 24-7 to build trust. And yeah, essentially, it also gives you convenience. I'm just curious about how that extends to the after sales experience. How do you define luxury in the after sales world? You know, we say after sales is kind of also pre-sales. You know, even back in the days, the old car guys will always tell you the after sales sells the second car and the third, etc. But it's it's really uh, we we don't we don't have the word here in 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 our company. We call it service. Um, so it's really all along uh, that how can we be of service um, for you and how can we make sure you don't have any of those um, pain points. And um, we do have a, a service, Genesis Service Partner. So when your car gets delivered, then you have a handshake moment, wherever that is, with your Genesis Partner, the guy you already know pretty well by then, and your Genesis Service Partner. And you as a customer, there's a three-way handshake and that three-way handshake get digitized in a WeChat group. So these guys are always together. So if it's not really a, a vehicle technical related topic, your um, Genesis partner will, will still be taking care of you. But the service partner is always in the conversation. And if he can help with, he or she can help with, with technical um, service or with a valet service or a car needs to be picked up or, or helped on, then they will jump in and, and you're always taken care of. I don't think we've asked this question, but what's it like working for the Koreans versus the Germans? But you know what? I think you've answered that in the context of the flexibility that they provided you for launching this brand in China. 
What, what do you think the difference is? Right. I wouldn't say that German companies in general can cannot have that. It's just that a lot of them are so established already over time. But there is a lot of trust for us and the team here, a lot of trust for, for the local team, which is, is great and, and even more, I guess, uh, fostered by, by the travel restrictions, etc. But we've done all of this with without the chance of any um, visit of the boss uh, or the chairman um, who would have been loving to, to be here um, to, to support us and show the commitment to China. But when it comes to, you know, our business meetings or how we set up this business model, there's been a lot of trust and not, not only trust in that we're doing the right thing, but even encouragement in constantly trying new ways and to be innovative, you know, um, innovative, uh, and, and, and progressive, uh, and audacious. Those are really words that, that the chairman comes back to that are in our DNA. So we also try to challenge ourselves and, and benchmark ourselves like, okay, now we did this or that initiative in, in the end, before we implement it, is this really audacious or is this kind of a me too thing? If it is, then we probably hopefully killed it earlier, but we're not trying to do too many me too things, but really focus on, on constantly innovating and, and doing different things. And that, you know, it needs, needs a bit of failure culture as well. Not everything can be perfect, which makes this also a very exciting uh, leadership role in the sense of, you know, we can do trial and error for, for a certain time, but when it comes to customer facing things, we cannot. We're a luxury brand and, and we're new, so it's got to be perfect. We got to show excellence in the processes. So we try a lot of uh, things on, on the PowerPoint and, and then it really becomes to, to that cutting point, like what do we implement and what really brings value and makes like, uh, like we, we always like to say, make really make a positive impact, which sounds like a huge statement, but in the end, we just want to, we just want to help. The last thing for today, before we let everyone go, um, we have something called the A-B test. It's basically a, a choice that you have to make between two words. Um, the words may mean or may not mean anything at all. It's a really good reflection on, on I, I think it'll give our audience a little bit of a reflection on who you are. And it's gonna go from the top, boss or leader? Leader. Baijiu or schnapps? Schnapps. Paulana or Qingdao? Corona. Oh, I have to choose one of the two. <laughs> Uh, Qingdao. Qingdao. G80 or GV80? Tough. Weekdays G80, weekend GV80. Okay, electric or combustion? <sighs> okay, I would like to answer all of the questions with weekend and weekdays. So, uh, weekend electric, weekend combustion. Nice V8. Okay, cool. Naturally aspirated. Uh, excellent. Hongshao Rou or pork knuckle or schnitzel? Have to go with a schnitzel. I miss a good one. Uh, yeah, it's been how many? Uh, when was the last time Two you? Two and a half years. Oktoberfest, funnily and very stereotypically, Oktoberfest 2019. <laughs> that is so German to <laughs> yeah, say that. <laughs> it's true. And but to my defense, this is the first time I've ever been to the Oktoberfest in Munich. So I just felt like it was a, it was just like a a, a, a disgrace. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Taipei or Shanghai? Ooh, this is such a tough one. Uh, weekdays, uh, Shanghai. Weekends, <laughs> Taipei is actually true. <laughs> Experience or orchestration? Experience. Uyuni white or Matterhorn white? We'd go with. Uh, I'd go with Matterhorn white. That's our our matte finish of the white. It looks amazing. On football, Germany or Korea? Germany, On definitely. Cars, Germany or Korea? <laughs> 
<laughs> weekdays Germany, weekends Korea. Uh, let me ask the question a third time: uh, Germany or Korea? <laughs> Germany um, or Korea? Food, food is also very interesting. You know, we did open our Genesis restaurant. It's very advisable for anybody in Shanghai to try it out. You, you need to book a table a little bit ahead. We're doing quite well with it, but it's amazing food. So, wow. Korea, Korean food. Korea during the weekend on that end. Yeah, Korean. Hold on, there's Korean food at the restaurant? Yep. Oh. Yeah, as a Korean brand, it would be weird if we do German. Marcus, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, thank you for taking the time and best of success to you and Genesis in China. Absolutely, it's been a been a pleasure. Uh, it's been it's been amazing. Um, lovely talk with with you guys. That's great, Marcus. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this week's Shanghai Don. We look forward to meeting you next time. And until then, have a great day. Thank you.